This is the happy hour. You guys want a happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday. Hope the long weekend was good. Nick Sainert, Rico, joining you here on the happy hour. Rico, hello. Hello. How was the, how was the long weekend, sir? Dude, it was great. You know what I found out that I really like using? A Sawzall. What is it? Uh, it's just like a mini... Explain to the folks. It's just a, I don't know how to explain it, really. I'm sure the folks know how to explain it better than I do. Uh, it's just like a little mini saw, but instead of like a chainsaw where it goes like around the whole thing, it's like a little, uh, it like goes in and out of the little machine and like saws. A sawzall. Thing. Sawzall. How did you figure out that it was the sawzall? Because I have a feeling that you just said, I enjoy using the little saw. No, sawzall. It was a sawzall because it was, uh, I understand my, it was my, a sawzall. It's my father-in-law's. And okay. because we, me and Rachel were, we were up there, um, for the weekend yep. and we're, we're helping out and we're clearing some trees out because we're you know doing some stuff up at the farm and we need to clear some of the little trees out and clear some of the branches and uh i was like oh, i'll use it because they were like oh we can use it i was like i'll do, I'll do it i was like, i've never used it before yep. but I'll, I'll try it out and uh it was really fun and i'm not gonna say that i got a little carried away because we did get permission but we cleared out a lot of branches. See, it's it's always fun. And my forearms are uh, sore because the thing just like you hold the thing, you hold the trigger and it just like the saw's going in and out so the whole thing's vibrating yeah. so your arms are vibrating ones when you're cutting through the thing so my forearms just sore. It's one of those things. It's just like the uh the self-propelled mowers where which happy mowing season by the way. But it's one of those things where you just have to kind of guide it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And not actually move it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because it's going to go on its own. You just kind of got to guide it to where you want to go. Um, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. The Sardor Heyman text line, both those open open for you guys the entire show. As well as Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, the Sardor Heyman Jewelers video stream, Allo Channel 951. If you want to watch us on your television sets, uh, we've, we've got a couple couple thoughts already shout out to chase b for being the first text of the show thomas lincoln says wow nick you're not ditching your show um thomas lincoln those days are over nick is nick is here to stay i'm here to stay haven't had a full work week yet since then um but next week will be the full work week rico made sure to you know let me know i let him know that this is my I took Thursday and Friday off two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we had Mon- I took Monday off last week. This one is this wasn't by by this choice. One, this to this week was not by choice. Nobody has a full work week. Nobody has a full well, work. Nobody Some. here. Some people have full. Work yes, weeks. and shout out to the folks for uh, so or uh, you know working during Memorial Day and and for the people that celebrate Memorial Day as well. Um, Brian T. Agree with Rico. Swazals are next level. Sawzall. 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 Our next level fun toys. Very fun. I want one. And Rachel said, what are you going to use it for in Lincoln? I said, I don't know. Maybe I'll start a side business. You guys don't have any trees. No, I'll start a side business. 
I will, I will buy a Sawzall, and I will come to your house, and I will trim your trees for, I don't know. I need to find good prices. I think it's interesting. How much should I, how much should I charge people? Ooh. Because it's not really I, like I a tree. Know. It's not like really a tree thing. Like it's more of like small branches. I'm not gonna trim like a whole like you know a massive branch on on a huge tree. But if you got some some bushes or some little trees that are growing out of control, I got you. You just want to just, just. I just want to use it. It's fun. I'm not sure you would use a sawzall to trim up a bush. Yeah. Well, not like not like shape a bush. Like I'm not doing that. Okay. But like if you've got you know the branches are growing out a little too far, just zzz, okay. Get gotcha. that all get it all taken care of. Uh, Chase B asks, when will you upgrade to a chainsaw? Uh, I could have, but I never used a chainsaw before. Granted, I'd never used a sawzall before, okay. and I was scared, so okay. I didn't want to use a chainsaw. Good choice, uh, Joe B. Good luck on your fishing trip to Minnesota. I'm I'm a little jealous of that. Um, oh, unnamed texter says it's pronounced Saza. You city boys, sawzall. that's from Riley. Sawzall, no L. I'm gonna keep using the L because it saws all. Ha <laughs> Nice. <laughs> you can get it at your. I, I'm looking up the prices. It looks like you'll you need to spend around 120 bucks. I can do that. Okay. Cool. If you buy at a certain establishment, you get ten dollars off. So, um, once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Hizzle the Starter Text Line. <laughs> Hizzle Bear says, for someone that uses a Sawzah all day, if you say all the letters of that word, everyone that also uses a Sawzah would know you don't use a tool like that on the regular. I do not. So he said, say it. Sawzah. <laughs> yeah, but Sawzah sounds funner. It's more fun to say. Sawzah. Okay. Well, anyway. Let me, let me say the else. Let's, let's go ahead and move on here. Let's go ahead and move on. Because we've we've had enough of this. Um, a lot of people have thoughts on on trim or tree trimming toys, and the best part is trimming down the branches. The worst part is actually picking up the branches off mm-hmm. the ground. I just wanted to put that out. There. It is. So Nebraska baseball, you got a good show lined up. We're we're going to talk a little Husker baseball, a little just baseball committee in general, just because the the regional field is set and. I have some thoughts. Um, it seems like with every collegiate sport now, there are issues with the the selection committee, the ranking systems, or the the way that they the the things they prioritize, if you will. It's both things put into one. Yeah, the way things are ranked, the metrics used to rank said things, and whatever committees are put in charge of determining yes. the play or the postseason field. For whatever sport it is, it, there, there's issues all around, and I mean, you would you would think that there are going to be issues regardless of what type of postseason um, metrics or or committees you use. But it seems, at least this year, that it's been kind of consistently, um, not bad, just consistently hated on or or talked about in a negative light in every NCAA sport this year. But first, so this will come from the same website that a lot of people will look at when you're talking about college basketball. The WarrenNolan.com is is the website that you use to look at the the RPI team sheets. Okay, it's called, and it separates up your games in quad one, quad two, quad three, and quad four opponents. And this because just like in in basketball. Baseball uses a lot of the R. Now, obviously, basketball uses the the net, but in baseball, it's RPI, and so these quad one wins, quad three losses, those all play a factor 
in obviously your RPI, which plays a factor into the decision making of whether or not a specific program makes the the the, the regional or the the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And so Nebraska obviously misses out on the tournament, but we always talk about all right the lack of opportunities when you're in the Big Ten Conference, and we always just kind of throw that on there as a blanket statement, but never really have. I should say numbers behind it. Well, now we do. And so I, I was looking earlier today. Nebraska finishes 97th in the RPI um, with a 33 and 23 and one record this season. And they only played nine opponents that are under that quad one category, if you will. Mm-hmm. They had a two and seven record against those opponents in those nine games. Rico, can you name the three opponents? Vanderbilt. Okay. Uh, it's the it's. Did they play TCU this year? They did not. It's two Big Ten teams. Two Big Ten. Oh, uh, Maryland. Yep. Iowa. Yes. I say I don't have. To so that. so they're two and seven against those teams. They beat Vanderbilt back on March third in Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, in the U.S. in U.S. Bank Stadium. They beat the the Vandy boys five to three. And then they beat Maryland back on May sixth, twelve to ten, and that was before they lost twenty to five the following day, um, and after they lost eight to four the previous day. Yeah. But other than that, they lost three games against Iowa, and then they lost the other two neutral site games against Maryland, two to one and four to two. So Nebraska is two and seven against quad one wins or quad one opponents. Excuse me. But then you look at quadrant three and four, and I posted these photos of actually the screenshots of the teams we're going to be talking about on my Twitter. So if you're sitting at a desk and want to follow along with us, feel free to pull it up. But at quad three and quad four, Nebraska played a combined 26 opponents in quad three and quad four. Or that's, that is very wrong, excuse me. They were 11 and eight against quadrant three opponents. Mm-hmm. They're... And that's the teams Nichols, San Diego, Abilene Christian, Michigan, Creighton, South Alabama, and Penn State. In Quadrant 4, Nebraska played 20 games, and they were 14-6 and six against those opponents. And it's North Dakota State, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Illinois State, Purdue, Minnesota, South Dakota State, Northwestern, Omaha, and Northern Colorado. I think fourteen and six is pretty good, but not not when you're two and seven in quad one against quad one, and you're six and two against quad two. If you're seven and two in quad one, it's different. It's okay. It's not great still, but it's it, it's better. But once again, rather than I guess looking at records, and maybe this is my fault for for presenting it that way. Rather than looking at records, more importantly, Nebraska. Played, let's see, 9 plus 8, 17 total games out of their, quick math here, 33, 23, 53, 57 games. Out of their 57 games, Nebraska played 17 from quad 1 and quad 2. Very small percentage. Yeah, it's not great. It's what, I mean, that's what happens when Which, you play a, a bunch of northern schools that aren't high in... in well, it's also the, big t- it's also the in, conference in that you're RPI. playing. Yeah, I mean, you're playing... You're, most of your games are going to be played in the Big Ten Conference, where, yep. as we've stated before, isn't the strongest baseball conference. They have two two teams, three teams. 
three three teams in the NCAA tournament, but it's still you know you look at some of the other conferences with a lot more teams in it's it's not it, it's impressive, but it's not that impressive. Well, and this is where once again the whole I guess lesson here is the margin for error when you're in the Big Ten conference is so small, razor thin. Because Nebraska, once again, and, and, and putting the records aside, I, I did pull up, like, Vanderbilt's, and I also pulled up Kentucky. Now, yes, they have a top 10 RPI ranking, but once again, putting the rankings and the records aside and just looking at sheer opportunity, you look at Vanderbilt, who, remember, Nebraska played 17 games total against quad one and two opponents. Vanderbilt plays 35 games against simply quad one opponents. And you want to throw in 48 games, 48 of Vanderbilt's 59 games were played against quad one and quad two opponents. Now, the bigger reason for that is because you have Kentucky, Arkansas, Florida, South Carolina, Bama, Auburn, Tennessee, all in the SEC, all teams that you play year in and year out that are in that quad one. Mm-hmm. And same vice versa, if, if you look at Florida's, they're going to play a lot more quad one games because Nebraska, or excuse me, because the opponents that they play in the SEC are going to be in that quad one. And it's basically just a, a revolving door. But then you also look at the non-conference opponents that they played. Vanderbilt played Indiana State, who ended up losing or who ended up hosting a regional. Mm-hmm. They played Oklahoma State, who ended up getting into the regional. You played Texas, who's in a regional. TCU, Maryland, Louisville, all those teams are in the regional. So even when you're a Vanderbilt and you're playing 35 quad one opponents, you're still beefing up your non-conference at a, to a certain extent. Because you understand the benefits. Now, I will say that in terms of that, beefing up your non-con, those teams are going to want to play Vanderbilt because if they happen to beat Vanderbilt, yes. that counts as a quad one. Well, if, if Nebraska were to go to you know uh, uh, Texas or, or TCU and something, and I understand that they've played TCU before, but if they go to these schools in the yep. non-con when those schools already have you know tournaments or, 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 or series scheduled against a Vanderbilt, a Florida, a Tennessee, whatever, and Nebraska comes knocking and it's like, hey, would you like to schedule a non-con you know, series against us? They're like, no, because if we beat you, it does nothing for us. Well, and so here is... There, there might be some pushback on top of that from the from the side of if you are, let's see, if you're Nebraska in this case, you may go to Vanderbilt or go to Arkansas and get swept early in the season, but what does that mean? That doesn't benefit you. However, on the contrary, it does because the perfect example is Oklahoma State, who I also posted. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State in the Big 12, is 14-13 and 13 against quad one opponents. Now, obviously, Big 12 Conference plays a factor in that. TCU, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Texas, West Virginia are all included in that top 50 RPI. But you know what some, What Oklahoma State did do in order to get them because that into the regional because that 14-13 and 13 conference record doesn't really do a whole lot for you in the committee's eyes? Is that they went twenty-two and two against quad three and four opponents. They have lost out of out of twenty-two game or twenty-four games. 
They lost two games, and it was both quad three opponents mm-hmm. to Wichita State and Loyola Marymount. But they, or excuse me, Oklahoma State went fourteen and zero in games against quadrant four opponents. You take care of business because yep. every single program, Nebraska included in this, is going to have to play quad three and quad four opponents. And Nebraska and a lot of colder weather states are, and programs are going to have to play more quad three and quad four opponents than maybe, obviously, a team in Texas or a team in in, in you know the southeastern part of the state mm-hmm. or country. I get that. I'm not trying to say woe is us for having or you know woe is Nebraska for having to to play so many more colder weather teams, but the purpose of this conversation is to just visually see how little room for air there is when you're a, a team in the Big Ten Conference. Because Nebraska, in this case, if they were around 500 in quad one wins, they can't really do anything, unfortunately, about the only being able to play nine quad one teams. Mm-hmm. But you could do something about the 39 quad three and quad four teams that you did play. And instead of going 25, 14, and one in those games, you could have went 32 and seven could have or gone 30 and nine, 30 and nine in those games. And that changes not only your record, obviously, but in terms of development for mid midweek pitching in terms of just momentum across the board. But you look up the sheet and you see a ten to seven loss to Nichols. You see a sweep, a three game sweep, and then a game that's tied with San Diego to start the year. Nebraska lost the first game five to three. They lost the second game ten to nine. They lost the uh, third game seven to three, and then they tied the final game and they had to tie it and stop it due to travel restrictions. They were out there too long. Do you remember the score of that game? Wasn't it like double digit? I wanted to say seven to seven, but it was higher. It was higher, sixteen to sixteen. Yeah, that they were tied at sixteen. Was that a women's basketball game at that time? And so, once again, it's it's kind of a, a mixture of two conversations blended into one, I suppose, because it's 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 the margin for error is so small when you're a team like Nebraska. Because you're not going to get a very very many opportunities to play Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 teams. Mm-hmm. Even teams in the Big Ten are, are not going to sometimes be in Quadrant 2. I think the only way that you're going to be able to do that is if you're willing to play three-game series at Vanderbilt, at Baumwalker, which, early in the season. Which I'm not saying that Nebraska isn't, but early season, they go to these tournaments. They go, which they, is they're what going you need to, to do. And you need to do that, but the tournaments that they're going to, you've got... Nichols State, and you've got you know some of those other smaller schools. Mm-hmm. Whereas the tournaments down in Florida, you've got it, the the Oklahomas, the the uh, Floridas, the Tennessees, the Vanderbilts are all all hanging out in Florida while you're in you know Fort Worth, Texas, playing TCU and Nichols State and and you know teams like that. It's it's frustrating though because you look at these you you look at some of these scores as well, and these scores are listed on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's like the six to five loss against North Dakota State back on May third. I can, North Dakota State scored three runs in the first inning of that game, and you were playing from behind. There's a lot of these games, unfortunately, where Nebraska scores a good amount of runs, just couldn't get the pitching and defense to back you up. Um, and, and it started from the get go with San Diego, unfortunately, and you allowed fifteen. 
31, 38 runs in your first four games. That was the weekend of eighth inning collapses. Yes. Where Nebraska would have That's a lead right. going to the eighth and then just fall apart. That's right. And so it's it's two things as we kind of put a bow on this conversation. It's margin for error, extremely slim. Extremely slim. And that makes, in turn, the quadrant three and quadrant four games just that much more important because similar to basketball, those are the ones that aren't going to show up on your your tourney resume or your regional resume come decision time unless you lose them. And Nebraska, unfortunately, once again, that record was 25-14-1 against um, teams that they... Uh, what should I say? Teams that they should have taken quadrant three and yeah, quadrant four teams should have taken care of business. So, um, I just thought it was really interesting because it's also visually. If you do go over to Twitter and look at that, I think it might be it, it's on my page. I know for yeah. sure. Um, just visually looking at how Vanderbilt, for that matter, plays. Let's see, what was it? Thirty-three plus sixteen, forty-nine games in quadrant one and quadrant two, and then just 11 quadrant three and quadrant four opponents. It is, yeah. But it tells you also, you in a way... The, the scaling difference. Yes. It also tells you, in a way, um, how much better those teams also can be. Because here's Vanderbilt with a 41-18 and 18 record. Kentucky is second in the RPI with a 36 and 18 record. But Vanderbilt has a 41 and 18 record and they played 39 conference opponents or 39 quad 1 quad and quad one. 2 opponents. Yeah. I think I said 49 earlier. I meant 39. It's a big number. It's a lot. A lot more than yeah. just Nebraska's 9. That Nebraska went 2 and 7 against Goodness unfortunately. Gracious. So But they did beat Vanderbilt. They beat Vanderbilt. Nebraska will always have that. Uh, then they followed that up with an, an unfortunate loss to Ole Miss and Ole Miss was not, not good. Not good this year. Almost was not good. So um, let's go ahead and take our uh, take a timeout. When we come back, got some more stuff. The NBA Finals matchup is set. Yeah. The the Heat did not have to cancel or rebook their flights. I kind of I really wished they did. That that's a thing. Um, if we wanted to continue on baseball real quick, Rico, we, we were talking about this morning vaguely. You and I, how there's teams having to stay in dorms. Because of a music festival. Yep. So we can talk about that. And then also later today, we'll discuss Jimmy Garoppolo because he failed his physical. And I'm surprised Raft didn't mention it this morning. Because Does that opened the door for Tom cause that, Brady. Because according to CBS Sports, if Jimmy Garoppolo is either cut or unable to play, whatever the case may be, don't forget Tom Brady talking about the Raiders. Does that open the door for a return? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about all those things coming up in the next 25 minutes or so. Uh, but we'll for right now, we'll be right back on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.